Well, certainly great to see each and every one of you today. We uh, thank you for, uh, for being with us today as we uh, worship together uh, here uh, in person and for others who are with us live stream. It's good to be together to offer our praise and thanksgiving to God. Go where sent is a fundamental part of the covenant of uh, the United Methodist Church. It's a covenant that uh, United Methodist clergy make with the church. Uh, That covenant goes uh, something like this. The church makes sure that every clergy in in good standing has a place to serve. And the clergy in response will go where the church sends them. They'll go uh, where sent. In the United Methodist Church, every clergy is asked to respond to this question upon their ordination. Will you go or sent? I've always thought that that answer was uh, a yes or no uh, sort of thing. Others really don't see it that way. Having served on the board of ordained ministry for, for, for years, I read through tons of responses that were a lot longer than just a yes or a no. Go or sent is, um, is not easy to live out. I can certainly uh, tell you that from firsthand experience. You, you lose a bit of con- control in the mix, which is, is never easy. I've been blessed to serve a number of wonderful churches, this one included, and it has never been easy to leave any of them. I can remember uh, years and years ago being doubled over in the kitchen of the parsonage at Settle Memorial wanting to say no to an appointment the the bishop wanted me to take. I ended up saying yes, as painful as that was. This morning we consider a scripture that has everything to do with this go where sent stuff. It chronicles the call of Isaiah and his wonderful faith filled response. Here I am, Lord, send me. So let's hear it now. We read today from Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 8. Let's hear this from God's Word. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of His robe filled the temple. Above Him were seraphim, each with six wings, With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the sound of their voices, uh, at the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. 
This is God's Word. And may it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this Word read, but as we make effort now to take our lives and apply them to this Word. May God bless us all. Here I am. Send me. That is never easy if left to our own energy. When in the presence of the Lord, though, here I am, send me, becomes so much easier. We, we not only want to respond, but we need to respond. Here I am, send me. We find ourselves strengthened, led, empowered when we find ourselves in the presence of the Lord. The context of Isaiah's call was a wonderful time of worship. Now, that doesn't need to be lost on us. A wonderful time of worship then leading to being called to go forth and be in mission. Isaiah found himself in that scene caught up uh, in, in the very majesty of God. God was seated on his throne. The heavenly hosts were, were flying all about, offering their praise to God. And, and we, we hear them uh, uh, share, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. And at the sound of their voices, the very threshold of the temple shook and was filled with smoke. It was an awesome and glorious sight indeed. In, in God's presence, Isaiah became aware of just how undeserving he was. That takes place when we, when we worship. I mean, really worship, and we find ourselves connected with the presence of God, and we get a deep sense of who we are and the failings that uh, have been so much a part of our lives, those ways that we have distanced ourselves from God. And so Isaiah became aware in the presence of God of just how undeserving he was. He says, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. In the presence of God, Isaiah was clearly contrite and could do no other but offer his humble confession to Almighty God. It's something that, that we do, hopefully, every time we worship, whether it be corporately or individually, that we, uh, we offer our humble confession to Almighty God. It is something that we expressly do as we come to this table and share in the Holy Sacrament of, of Communion that we, uh, we, we look forward to doing later in this service. Great things happen when we deal with our hurts, habits, and hang-ups. That's a phrase that we, we hear often and, and, is, and is repeated very much as a part of Celebrate Recovery. It's always good to get these things out of the way, our hurts, our, our habits, our, our hang-ups. That's the surest way to experience deeply God's forgiveness for your life. Offering confession before the Lord and in offering confession, knowing the sweet release of that confession as God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ makes its way into our lives. Upon offering his confession, Isaiah then noticed one of the angels coming toward him, 
flying, touching his lips with a live coal from the altar, and immediately experiencing and understanding that he had been absolved of all his wrongdoing. Isaiah was forgiven wonderfully, powerfully, and completely, as is the case for each and every one of us as we offer the confessions of our hearts and claim the great truth and reality of what Jesus did on the cross, that through the cross we have the opportunity to be forgiven. It was then in this great scene of worship that the voice of God spoke. God offers two questions. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And that's where we hear Isaiah's response. Here I am, send me. In this context of worship, having offered his confession, in, uh, in, in, in being absolved of, of the wrong of his life, being forgiven, hearing the, the call of God upon his life, Isaiah responds, here I am, send me. I ran across this, uh, this slide, and it should come up here in just a bit. Ah, let the worship be the fuel for missions flame. Let worship be the fuel for missions flame. That's exactly what worship does. It, 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 it begins to put our focus in the, in the right place. We find ourselves connected with the power of God through the Holy Spirit. And in that, we, uh, we begin to, to not only focus to the, at the throne of God, but we begin to put our focus on the world and how we might go translating the good news that is ours in Jesus Christ. Let worship be the fuel for mission's flame. Here I am. Send me. True worship leads to a response every time. That's the way it is when we find ourselves in the presence of God. So Isaiah was ready to respond. He didn't ask where. He didn't con consider how much he would get out of it. He didn't consult his calendar to see if, the, the, if what the Lord was calling him to do would fit into his otherwise busy schedule. Isaiah didn't consider the cost. He didn't consider the sacrifice, particularly given what he had just experienced. Isaiah was ready to go. Isaiah didn't do what we often do. He didn't worry about the, the sacrifices he would be making. He didn't add up the positives and negatives. We do that all the time when we're trying to decide about something. Isaiah didn't, uh, didn't consider the profit and loss. He, he didn't come to a decision that suited him so much as a decision that suited God. Isaiah didn't say those things that we often say. Well, I've got better things to do than to go in, in the name of our Lord. I, I'm just way too busy. Don't, don't bother me with that right now. I can always do that later. Sure, there'll be some time out in the future where I'll be able to, to do those things that God wants me to do. Or even worse, I'd just rather not. Just basically, flatly turning the Lord down. Isaiah 
was simply ready to respond. Unlike Jonah, who we have studied here in the not-too-distant past, Jonah, as we remember, was willing to, to run from the Lord to the furthest ends of the earth rather than do what God wanted him to do. Isaiah was, uh, was ready to respond, unlike the, the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and asked him uh, what, uh, what he must do in order to inherit eternal life. And, and it was then that Jesus responded, uh, you, you sell everything that you have, give to the poor, and then you come and follow me. That rich young ruler walked away sorrowfully. He couldn't give up what he had accumulated for the sake of following Jesus. Isaiah was simply ready to respond. He trusted God for his next steps and knew that he would be blessed in doing that. As we mentioned last week, during this present sermon series, we'll be hearing from from all sorts of people who are responding to God's call. Last week, we heard from uh, Scott Bartelt and found ourselves uh, deeply inspired. Today, we hear from uh, Don Dugan, who is also responding to God's call upon his life. He, too, is trusting God for his next steps. So, if you will, welcome uh, Don Dugan as he comes and shares uh, his story. Well, good morning. Uh, Pastor Tom invited me to share a little bit about my ministry story. Uh, My story will be similar, but not the same as Scott's uh, from last week. And lucky for you, there is not any solo singing. Uh, Back in the middle of 2019, I decided to take a leave of absence from GE Appliances after working there for 29 years. And my goal was to focus in three different areas of my life that really uh, needed more time. My faith, my family, and my community. And shortly thereafter, I decided to start volunteering at High Point. Um, And it wasn't after some exhaustive search. Uh, Leanne uh, was already serving there as a volunteer and on the board of directors, so I had a comfort level uh, of the organization uh, through her. Uh, For those of you guys who don't know what High Point is, it's a volunteer-driven ministry. They serve families who are low-income, who have a lot of needs. Uh, High Point's mission is to bring wholeness to their lives by supporting and caring for them. And we want them to feel God's love by relieving physical and spiritual needs and helping them to feel accepted. Their largest service is uh, the food pantry, which is the largest in Oldham County, but they also operate a free clothing closet, um, provide Christian counseling, and they host a Thursday night dinner um, with an informal church service. So if I fast forward to spring of this year, um, in the 18 months I decided to retire, but not officially retire, I just quit. Uh, GE, and I was not looking to work anywhere else. I had continued to faithfully serve with uh, Leanne each Monday at High Point, helping cover various needs in the pantry. And by the way, that's a great way to start the work week. Um, Our Bible study, Coffee and Cliff Notes, started serving lunches there uh, one Monday every other uh, month and during the drive-through pantry service. 
and I was indeed spending more time with my faith, my family, and my community, and it was awesome. High Point, uh, to this point, had grown to needing uh, a full-time operations manager. And I thought about it, and I prayed about it, and the Holy Spirit was giving me a little bit of a nudge. But I didn't pursue it. Um, and as it turns out, the timing wasn't right. Four months later, a couple months ago, the ops manager role opened again. This time, the director, Amy, decided to split the role into two jobs, a food bank, two part-time jobs, a food bank manager and a facility manager. And she was hoping to attract um, maybe some recent retirees um, that didn't need this job as a primary source of income. So last time, I felt a little bit of a nudge from the Holy Spirit, but this time, it was like a two-handed shove. It was strong. This is what you need to do, Don. You know the food bank operation, you know logistics, and this aligns perfectly with more time and faith and with community. And it was a great chance for me to respond uh, a little bit like Isaiah, here I am, Lord, send me. So I accepted that role, um, as did another recent retiree uh, to cover the facility portion, and we started in early August. And we've worked great together. And it is incredibly rewarding to make a small difference in the lives of hundreds of people each week, serving alongside Christians from many different churches, and being part of, of honestly, something much bigger than yourself. So how do I know what the Lord has in store for me going forward? Well, I really don't. But I have learned a couple of things uh, the last two years related to that. Number one, I need to slow down my life pace uh, slow enough to be able to listen to the, to the Spirit. I have more time to think, more time to listen, and more time to pray. And you can't say, here I am, Lord, send me, if you don't hear that call. And secondly, because of that gift of time, I have more chances to say yes to opportunities. And you never know when that one yes will lead to more yeses in his kingdom work. And once that momentum starts, watch out. Thank you. Thanks, Todd. I really like that, the two-handed shove. <laughs> the Lord's good about that sort of thing. So um, what's your response to the questions of God, who will we send? God is all about uh, leading us beyond where we are to the very places he wants us to be. New opportunities are always on the horizon when it comes to ministry and the, the name of our Lord. It, it comes to us to respond. It comes to you to respond. And as Don just shared, to, to slow down in order to connect, in order to worship, in order to, to hear, so that you be at the place of being able to respond. It comes to, to you and me to become the hands and feet of Jesus as God calls us to go forth. I love the story told by Anthony Campolo of a, of a pastor friend of his who had a man in his church who was uh, slow to get involved in some sort of ministry. In fact, this man was a leader in the church, but, but really uh, didn't have an out, you know, out in the community. 
out doing some sort of ministry. At the encouragement of the pastor, the man began to, to take the youth group to a neighboring uh, retirement home. Month after month, the youth would lead the worship, and the, man, and the man would stand at the back of the room, and it was there that a man in a wheelchair would, would get close to him and would take his hand. One month, uh, the man in the wheelchair didn't show up for worship. The man wondered where he was, and, and the nurse told him that the man was in his room and, and that he was not long for this life. The fellow went to, to see. He found the man lying in his bed, clinging for life. He, he took the man's hand and began to offer a prayer, and that was sort of an, an uncommon thing for him, but he began to, to pray, and once he shared amen, the man hanging on for dear life squeezed that fellow's hand. And the visitor was overcome with emotion. The nurse told him he'd been waiting for you. He said he didn't want to, uh, to die until he saw Jesus, where Jesus came and he was able to hold his hand. I tried to tell him, the nurse said, that, that um, he would, would soon be with Jesus and that he would be able to hold his hand then and talk with him and, and be able to, uh, to, to know him like he had never known Jesus before. But the fellow said, no, once a month, Jesus comes and holds my hand, and I, I don't want to leave until I have a chance to hold that hand one more time. Who shall I send, and who will go for us? Here I am. Send me. May God be with us all as we seek to make that same response for our lives.